You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit our website at InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Elgott and on this podcast we interview writers, directors, agents, managers, casting directors, actors, voiceover people, personal finance gurus, casting directors, did I say that already? Producers, anybody involved in the entertainment industry and we package those interviews up into this podcast and stick it out there on the internet every week for free for anybody who would like to listen to it. On today's episode, we have part one of our chat with Colleen Wainwright. Some of you may know her better as the communicatrix. She specializes in branding, marketing, how to communicate more effectively, and writes a fantastic column every month for LA Castings newsletter. And in this first half of the interview that we have on today's episode, she talks about her roots and kind of where she came from and how she got to where she is right now. And then in part two next week, she shares a few tips as far as marketing, branding, communicating, and really kind of taking your work and getting it out there. So it's some really good stuff. Hope you guys uh, stick around for that. Okay, episode 74. My name is Trevor Alga, as you guys heard 30 seconds ago. AJ, unfortunately, could not be with us this week. Uh, we couldn't seem to get together in the same place physically for, for a number of reasons, one of, which him, one of which was him being out of town. So we actually tried to record uh, the bookends for this episode uh, over the internet using Skype, and that didn't work. We tried iChat, and that wasn't working. Then we tried uh, FaceTime, and that wasn't working, and then... We were going to do it like iPhone style. I mean, it was just like a nightmare. We couldn't get anything to work. So uh, here I am flying solo. It's deceptively difficult. A lot harder than you'd think to kind of host a podcast solo. Uh, but here I am. So I'm going to make this short and sweet. We're going to avoid doing any sort of email or voicemail um, responses here. And uh, just to update you guys a little bit on uh, what's going on with the podcast and where we uh, hope to take it in the next few weeks and months. And then I'm going to read a quick quote uh, that AJ sent along from Harrison Ford. AJ actually included a whole bunch of thoughts about sustainability and uh, you know making sure you have a, a, a second source of income uh, beyond your acting that you really... I'm going to butcher it, so I'm just going to let him talk about it next week. Uh, but I do want to share this quote because I think it's just one of those just gems of wisdom that's that are obvious but that you need to hear as an actor it's a quote from harrison ford so let me give you guys a little bit of up, a little update here uh, i've spent the past couple days really kind of hammering away at the uh, inside acting podcast website uh it's not been the best website for for a long time i've kind of restructured the website or redesigned it a little bit with some new graphics and i've also added a section called start here so if you go to the website, insideactingpodcast.com, you look across the top underneath the logo, there's a section called Start Here, and this is designed to kind of quickly and easily acquaint people with the podcast. Uh, and I think this is going to be, I hope this is going to be equally valuable for people who are kind of veteran listeners as well as people who are uh, kind of new to it. 
my friend, uh, my friend Chase the other day, um, didn't really know about the podcast. Uh, and when I told her about it, she said, this looks awesome, but I got, I'm, I'm 73 episodes behind. Where do I start? And, uh, my friend Tom, uh, said, you know, you guys really should kind of like have some sort of like introductory pack of, of episodes or some sort of section on the site that kind of introduces people to who you are and what you do. So they don't just come across this thing and go, Oh my God, I, do I have to listen to all this? Do I have to listen in order? How does this work? So I took that to heart and, um, tweaked the website, added this start here section where you can, uh, very soon, uh, find uh, kind of a starter pack of episodes, five episodes to kind of listen to, to get started. And we think it'll, we're hoping to kind of pull out episodes that lay the groundwork for everything else. So the, the episodes that really kind of help helped shape the philosophy of the podcast, uh, as, and of course we give instructions on how to subscribe in iTunes. Then we lay out our, you know, how to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're working on getting on Google plus, and we're also, and this is probably the most exciting thing for me personally, we're going to be starting up an email list. I really want to add as much value to the community with this podcast as possible. And I want to make it as accessible as possible. So we're going to start an email list that will send out each week. Uh, of course, reminding people that there's a new episode up, but also that's going to include links to interesting articles, uh, deals and, uh, discounts and things like that to, uh, to, to industry things as we come across them, uh, links to books and quotes and pieces of software and apps that have really made our lives as, as artists a little bit easier. So we're going to have that every week, which we hope people will, will dig. And of course, that'll be free. And very, very soon, when you sign up for the newsletter, you'll also be, uh, as kind of incentive to sign up for the newsletter, you'll receive the Inside Acting Manifesto. So we're actually really going here. We're, we're writing a manifesto. And it's all about getting back to the, the kind of love of culture and craft and kind of eschewing the, the pursuit of uh, you know fame and accolades really just kind of getting back to purpose. So that's what we really kind of want to do with the podcast is, is take all this content and kind of can not, not condense it, but, but make it into something that's a little bit more digestible. So we've got the, uh, the kind of start here section. Um, we've got, uh, the newsletter, we're going to have the manifesto. We've got the five episode pack, uh, that we're going to be rolling out pretty soon to, to kind of get people, uh, introduced to the podcast. And, uh, I'm also working on kind of going through and tagging all our content by, by kind of category. And I know some of our listeners have actually asked for this in the past and it's kind of a monumental task. So I haven't gotten around to it quite uh, as quickly as I would have liked, but we're very soon going to have a complete kind of catalog of, of the different kind of topics that each interview touches on. So for instance, if you want to learn about uh, DIY stuff, you know, making your own content, you can click on very soon there'll be a, a, a link uh, of, or I'm sorry, a list of stuff on the right-hand side, you know, click on the DIY link and it'll automatically kind of link you to all the episodes that are in that category. Same for, you know, marketing, same for uh, getting into a good class, same for, uh, you know, social media, same for voiceover, same for, you know, you name it, like all the different things we've talked about on the podcast, we're hoping to kind of have an easy way to search for them as well as kind of categorize them. And on that note, I've added another page called uh, links and resources, where uh, I went through and just actually went, you know, found all the uh, the different services and products and offerings that uh, our different guests have. Uh, so you've got classes and workshops at the top, then down below that you have community, and each and single each one of these has a link to the episode 
as well. So for instance, uh, tax prep and financial is a section here. So if you want to learn about different tax prep services and here are interviews with those people who run those services, as well as, uh, abundance bound, a class that I took that, that, uh, talks about that kind of teaches artists how to manage their money. Um, we've got uh, a link to that website as well as links to the episodes where we interview people who are involved with it, like Miata Idoga and, and Brian Belomo. So we hope this is going to be really useful for you guys. Um, so when you get a chance, hop over to InsideActingPodcast.com and, uh, and check it out. We'd love to hear what you think. So that's that. Let's quickly talk about this. I'm going to quickly read this quote now from Harrison Ford that AJ sent along. And I guess as I, as I read this, think about um, what it means to be an actor slash entrepreneur. I think in this day and age, you've got to be... You've got to have one foot in the craft and one foot in the business, but not necessarily the business of acting. That's important, but also the business of your own kind of sustainable lifestyle outside of this industry that can be so up and down. In his email here, AJ actually said, you know, if you book, you know, five or six co-star roles a year, that's a fantastic year for most of us. It depends on where you are in your career, but most of us, that would be awesome. And that would be a very successful year professionally as well as financially. But you can't count on that every year until you're hitting series regular status and you're starting to, you know, get major speaking roles in studio films. It's going to be pretty tough to kind of make a living just on your acting alone. The, the idea here is to kind of really just kind of live in that place and or find a way to live in that place of abundance while you're building your career and while you're, you're kind of getting these, these, these one-off, uh, one-off gigs. That's not to say that you shouldn't be focusing on building that and, and, you know, uh, keeping that vision in your, in your mind and working towards it every day and taking committed action steps towards it. But in the meantime, build some, something sustainable for the situation you have right now. Cool. So here it is from Harrison Ford. There is no way into acting. It's impossible. I knew that from the beginning. It's statistically impossible to make a living as an actor. You have to love it and even your love for it is not going to make it happen. What is going to make it happen is luck and tenacity. I never made a living until I was 35 years old. I came out here when I was 24. But one thing I knew and recognized was that people all around me were giving up and going home. I, just quietly, never gave up. I can't think of a better way to uh, end this rambling section with me and then move into our interview with Colleen Wainwright. So words of wisdom from Harrison Ford, one of the icons of American cinema. I'll stick this quote on our Facebook page as well so y'all can uh, see it in writing. And I'm going to let AJ expound on the kind of uh, thinking behind this. And I think he also mentioned that Ben Whitehair, who longtime listeners of the podcast know or or should know at least, Ben writes a... um, uh, a blog called Playbills versus Paying Bills, um, which is a lot like the uh, the blog version of this podcast minus the interviews. It's really, really fantastic. Just nuts and bolts, uh, um, you know, how to kind of stuff, way to approach your career. And it really runs the gamut from like how to get your credits on IMDb to like what kind of mindset you want to keep and, uh, you know, why you're moving through this industry. So it's fantastic stuff. And Ben and AJ are roommates. That's why they are kind of masterminding over there doing all sorts of amazing stuff part one of our interview with colleen wainwright is coming up right now enjoy this guys and we'll see you i will see you on the other side
Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, this is Trev, and I'm thrilled to be sitting here with Colleen Wainwright, who many of you may know better as the Communicatrix online. Colleen, thank you for being here with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Totally. Uh, I, I found you initially through your LA casting column. You write a, a column for the for their newsletter every month. I do. I've um, been doing it for several years now. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic. And I eventually followed the links and then got to your website. And so I subscribe to your, your newsletter now on your website, as well as pop by your website every once in a while to kind of dig through the archives. And there's some really, really great stuff there, but I have to admit that I, you, you do so many things that I almost don't know how to introduce you or, or describe you. So for people who maybe aren't familiar with your work, what do you do? <laughs> You're not alone, young Trevor. <laughs> uh, many people have asked me this. Uh, the best way I have come to describe it is that I help people learn how to think and talk about themselves so that they're understood by other people. So yeah. a lot of what I do, and I know that sounds like a real Lucy, but then it gets, there's some tighter applications in there. A lot of it's around marketing. And the weird thing is we get these words like marketing or branding or whatever, uh, promotion, and they get scary and obscure because we don't, you know, we attach all these other meanings to them and we don't really know what they are. And really all of it is, is it, it's all communication. It's all, how do I get what I am to you so that we can decide, you know, what to talk about or if we have something we can work on together or if we mesh or whatever. Um, and so that's what I try to do is try to help people see, you know, what sort of, what they what they are, what they like and how to express that to somebody else so that they mm-hmm. can find fellow travelers. And in business, that means I teach them about marketing, a little bit about branding. Um, those are just sort of more outward signs of that. But mm-hmm. I like to think there's a bigger meaning, you know, <laughs> like we're all trying to find ourselves. So right. I think that's the bigger work behind it. Cool. And I think I think part of the reason that I was a little bit um, unsure of, of kind of where that fit in is because obviously that's very applicable to actors. But, but I almost feel like your writing isn't uh, in actor speak so to speak. Do you know what I mean by that? Thank you. Um, and I, I think that's a really good thing because <laughs> yeah. I, the more, I, the more, I'm, the longer I'm out here and the more I, you know, I'm in this industry, I'm realizing that some of the, most of the best stuff is stuff that is not just exclusive to actors. It's exclusive to your entire life. Right. Um, and so I feel like you really kind of, you don't, you don't pigeonhole yourself that way. And I think that's a really great thing. Thanks. I try not to. I think, uh, just as an acting, uh, we say the more specific you get, the more meaningful it will be to pretty much anyone, which seems counterintuitive, but that's how it works, right? The more specific you get about a feeling or an intention or whatever as an actor, that's how that works. And I think it's kind of the same thing with um, the things we learn. Uh, one of my old acting teachers, Cameron Thor, used to say that if you really want to learn about acting, read a book about kayaking. And, <laughs> and that was like one of those impenetrable cones back when I like heard him say, I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't understand it. Like, should I go to the library and get a book about kayaking um but obviously you know you left with that kind of understanding that you don't oh it's hard to learn sometimes from something that's in that language that you're in all the time it's like trying to understand what water is when you're swimming in it Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas if you can take a little bit of a step away from yourself it's easier to learn Hmm. yeah that's really profound, actually. <laughs> so, so you used to be an actor. Yes. So you came out from Chicago. We were talking a little bit before we started recording. You, you're from Chicago. And did you do the standard, like, you know, hop on a plane or train out to L.A. and get off and start class and stars in your eyes kind of thing? Or how did, what was that journey like? Well, I was a little more complex than that. I am pretty sure that I've secretly wanted to be an actor. Forgive me for sim- oversimplifying. No, 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 no. I didn't mean to say it. I didn't mean to say that, that you'd put it in a derogatory 
way. I, I'm more outing myself as, like I said, secret actor. I wanted to be an actor, but I'd never really had the guts to just step out and do what you guys do because it was sort of frowned upon in my family. That wasn't a real thing to do. It was, that was for play. Um, so I had a very serious job. Uh, I was a copywriter at an ad agency, and I was moving up the ladder and making the big bucks and you know all that corner office bullshit. Um, but really good health insurance. And, um, and then <laughs> priorities, I, priorities. I know, I know, but I met and fell in love with a guy who was a stand up comic and did some, you know, comic acting and stuff. And he sort of helped me realize or helped me out myself as someone who hated her job and hated doing all this stuff. And we moved out here ostensibly for his career, um, but I got a job writing a television show. So I still wasn't even saying I was an actor at that point. And because wow. um, almost immediately that fell apart, as things will, uh, I started taking improv classes uh, just to keep myself busy and to have some fun and to get out of the house. And that's where I discovered that what I really loved was um, standing on stage, having people laughing and applauding <laughs> to show me how much they loved me. So, wow! Yeah, wow. that was my trajectory. So, so I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the part where you started writing the television show. How did that come about? Um, through advertising. I mean, th- one of the reasons that I try to over and over explain to people not to hate, don't hate your stupid day job. You never know what it will teach you. Um, and through my own stupid day job and through actually another ex-boyfriend, I met a guy who was a conductor composer and he'd come up with this idea that he sold to teach, uh, to do a weekly kid show. It's like a Saturday morning show teaching kids about the arts and especially music in kind of a fun, hip way. Um, so he wasn't really a writer. He'd come up with the idea and he said, Hey, if you come out and, you know, be co-writer on this and do the heavy lifting, um, then, you know, you have a job writing a television show. So I came out and wrote the pilots and it was so much fun. And it was like, this is great. I love Hollywood. You know, cause I thought that's how it worked. Right. And then right. I saw how it also worked, which is that, yeah, that'll happen. And then it all goes away. And all those people that you thought were going to help you out don't. And, you know, it's just, it was a good lesson yeah wow wow that reminds me of uh, i was at the ovation awards this past year and french stewart uh <laughs> was one of the, the presenters and he just <laughs> he said you know originally i wasn't supposed to be here and he says because i got a job but you know what happened job went away and it was just funny the way he put it because it was just we all kind of knew exactly what he meant like sometimes it lands and then if you're lucky it sticks around you know exactly yeah. do not cash the check until it's in your hand and then yeah. run yeah yeah <laughs> So, so the acting thing, you did it for a little while here. You did some improv, you said. And- I did. I did some improv. I joined, um, I got into the Groundlings, uh, school. We're a lot, I mean, I'm not chilling for them. I'm saying where I was. Um, but it's an excellent program. And I worked my way up pretty quickly. I, I don't know why. There just kept being openings in the next class above. So I, I got through the whole thing. It was crazy. I was in and sp- Bat out of Sunday Company in two and a half years, which is unheard of, I guess now. Uh, but because of that, I I had some connections, and you know, I got an agent, a commercial agent, and did a little, some tiny, tiny TV and film work, um, not very well, uh, and I wound up. You know, trying and trying and trying to bust into TV and film and did a lot of theater. Um, and then, but I just kept making, I just kept making money doing commercials, you know, darn, <laughs> <laughs> which I was grateful for, but probably not as grateful as I could have been. Um, so that was really my, my, you know, esteemed career was mostly as a grunt in theater and, and then doing commercials a because, grunt in theater. <laughs> well, you know, I, I didn't have the chops. Like I, I was coming in in my thirties, my mid thirties and all the people who were, you know, it's like there's, uh, um, no shortage here, as you know, of 
white women in their 30s um, looking for jobs uh, who are just slightly funny uh, around the edges. And so, yeah, I was always up against these women who had just amazing careers and tremendous chops. It, couldn't, it was difficult to even really be jealous of them because, like, come on, they could run circles around me acting-wise. Hmm. Um, so I did. I played tiny, tiny parts. I was, and I, my, my, my one stupid day job as an actor, I was like the world's oldest gopher. <laughs> I was like a 36-year-old getting people coffee and making <laughs> copies. Oh, man. Yeah, it was good times. So, so when did, did, was this something that you kind of knew all along or was there a, a switch or something that happened that one, one day you said, you know what, maybe this isn't the right kind of career path for me? Two things happened. I mean, I mean actually several things happened, but um, one small thing and one really big thing. And um, the small thing was, I remember um, a friend of mine who's now a very good friend of my writing partner said, we were just talking about acting one at one point, and I, you know, I'm like complaining about how hard it is and all the rehearsing and it's so hard and I, you know, isn't it just so hard being in pain all the time and especially when, you know, you have, when you do comedy, when you're really going to do it, you have to actually feel the feelings and so it's 10 times worse because then people are laughing and you're feeling horrible and she's like, oh, I love going home to practice, you know, like crying and feeling bad and stirring up all those emotions. I'm like, what? Like you do that for fun? Okay, I am <laughs> okay. not an actor. That's number one. Um, and then the other thing was, honestly, I had um, like a, a medical crisis it, it, right around right after I turned forty. I wound up getting extremely ill, extremely fast. It was difficult to diagnose, and that I just wound up in a hospital uh, for eleven days. Where they, you know, quickly figured out what was wrong with me. I uh, Crohn's disease, but it was a severe onset, so I'd lost quite a bit of weight and um, quite a bit of blood the hard way. And mm. in the hospital, I had an epiphany, like you know, full on white light crazy time, you know, the whole nine yards. And after that, I, it was just very hard for me to do anything that wasn't really meaningful for me. And since I wasn't getting the parts where I really felt like I could do my best work, I wasn't getting to work on the things that I wanted to do most. And I definitely was like overdoing commercials at that point. Um, it, it was sort of a combination of the the business saying bye, Colleen, move on, and me saying yeah, really, it's time to go. I'm getting I'm turning into one of those grouchy old ladies at commercial auditions who's you know complaining about the parking and this and that. And that's I had always said if I if I turn into one of those, I gotta go. Shoot me, yeah. right, <laughs> right. Wow. So uh, if you don't mind me asking, about how old were you when that when that kicked in for you? Um, well, I, I got ill. It was it, actually, it was 10 years. It'll be 10 years this, uh, September that I was hospitalized. So I was 41. I just okay. turned, I, I, I got a colonoscopy on my birthday and the nurses ate my cake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good, a visual yeah, for you. So, so much fun. <laughs> and then, um, I, it took me a few years to sort of get out and move into the next thing. I'd been doing graphic design on the side and, but that's really what got me into writing again. Um, I take Taken a long break from writing because I'd had such a de- devastating experience um, getting <laughs> getting kicked out of the groundlings. Um, so I just stopped writing, and I got back into writing, and I just just quit messing around, just quit fucking around. It's like, all right, let's just do this, and started a blog, and um, I took the graphic design work that I'd sort of been doing on the side. 
and thought, well, I'll try and turn that into a career. And I did that for a while and then wound up moving it more into consulting and speaking, which is the mix I'm doing now. Yeah. So it just kind of organically uh, came about. Very much. Wow. Very much. Like I could not, I mean, I'm still trying to make it something. (laughs) Like I find that very useful, which is weird because always I had this very strong will and I would just, you know, I want to do this. Okay. I'm going to will it into being and it seemed to work that way and it doesn't work that way anymore. So yeah. I got to huh. kind of let go. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I've learned so much from, from your work. I mean, your blog. I mean, I, I read the post where you were reading uh, 50 books or 52 books in yes. 52 weeks. So I actually attempted that and I was on track for about 14 weeks and then just other things got in. And I was like, ah, this is like stopping my life in a way for, for me personally. <laughs> Maybe right. I was picking books that were too challenging or, or whatever it was. But um, I, I think what it did for me more than anything was just kind of inspire a uh, an attention to learning as a, as a, as a conscious practice. Um, and you know, not just learning about, you know, the business or the just marketing was learning as, as, as all, as it all is in one bucket, if that's, that makes any sense. Absolutely. So, um, so I really enjoyed that and, um, I've gotten a lot out of it as a person that's definitely applicable to my acting. So that said, you write the column for LA casting. What do you see actors doing that both, is great and they should be doing more of and that maybe is awful and they're just shooting themselves in the foot over and over again oh man that's an excellent question um because it goes way beyond the pet peeve thing um (laughs) my of course my pet peeve i do have to just get out of the way is like it's unbelievable to me that i say over and over and over like i explain to people how to you know approach people in an email how to market themselves how to do all these things and then it's like they you know they and this, I say, the one thing is, please, please, please don't email me on like how to get an agent. And then, of course, what is email? Can <laughs> right. you look at my Good reel? Idea. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. send attachments and don't ask me how to get an agent. It's gigantic attachments. And could you help me get an agent? I'm guilty of that too. Right after you sent the thing about how to get your emails answered, right. which was basically keep it short and to the point. Right. I sent you this long email. I know, but it was charming. You actually <laughs> cool. did a really good job. And the truth is that uh, all rules are made to be broken. Um, that's how we have new rules, and that's how change happens. But you know, the, you better know that you're breaking them and and you better know that that you're rolling the dice doing that which you did a great job with that so kudos to you cool thank you well it worked yeah it did work here we are (laughs) um so i think the thing that actors do that's good is i oh man they follow their passion and i think that is excellent i think that's why other people like the people who like to be around actors like to be around them is because they're very alive and like you said about you know um just the aspect of getting inspired that you could change that you could uh, take on this new habit of reading that you could learn things you know that's really what you're doing when you're trying to do anything it's not necessarily about getting the knowledge although that's certainly a wonderful byproduct and i love reading because i learn things but also it's keeping me in that constant um state of flux of change of you know, being able to embrace whatever comes next. Um, and that actors can stay open and ready is just so beautiful and so inspiring to me. And that's, again, it's another reason I realized I'm not an actor. It's like, I don't mind doing it. I just don't like doing it in front of people <laughs> and difference. crying and right. stuff, yeah. um, or feeling those horrible feelings, uh, when I'm, when I don't actually have to be feeling them except because I'm getting paid to do it. <laughs> um, so that's the thing I think actors do. That's great. What's frust- what frustrates me is as I see, and I know it because I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, I think it's just a human thing uh, of not 
living in the moment of not really accepting where they are and saying and like projecting themselves onto the stage of the Kodak Theater accepting the award or projecting them into this, you know, number three on the sitcom, you know, sort of thing where you're always like looking at the thing you want to have and not to say it's not great to have goals, but you miss so much Mm. by projecting yourself into the future. And isn't it ironic that the whole thing about acting is, you know, the more you let go, the more you're in the moment, the better you are. And as actors, a lot of times what we do, and I'll include myself just because I'm going to lump us all in as artists, um, we still look to outside things and, you know, we, we grumble about things that have happened in the past and we like worry about things that haven't happened in the future and we miss the moment we're in right now. And this example of what you're doing right now with this show is fantastic because it's like, you know, you, you, you guys could be just sitting around saying, well, you know, you really just want to be famous and have a this or that. It's like, no, we want to learn. We want to meet these people. Let's see what we can make ourselves right now. Let's have a conversation right now with someone who's interesting to us mm-hmm. and share that stuff. And that that's cool. Like if you can turn it around and live in the moment, that's awesome. But man, actors, actors, stop like projecting yourself into the future. You have there may not be a future. You may die tomorrow. You know, I yeah, think grim, that's, but. <laughs> that's a good point. And I think I, I, I don't think, I mean, I read a book uh, recently. God, what was it? I think it may have been a couple different books that said the same thing, but it was about goals and, and goal attainment and that kind of thing. And, and they all kind of seem to say, you know, think about your goals, you know, visualize them, project yourself there for a specific amount of time every day. And then once you're done, just let it go. Yes. Like let it go as if you had just given a instructions to a friend that you really, really trust. Just let it go and then go on about your day being present. And that was a total paradigm shift for me because I was always like, no, I got to constantly be thinking about what I want. And what, it, what that turned into for me was I'm constantly thinking about the things I don't have. Right. And then when I learned to be like, okay, just see it, feel the emotions, whatever I need to do, and then just let it go and then come back maybe before I go to bed do it again. But the rest of the day, I'm in the present moment. And that made a big difference for me. I'm totally getting at that. And let me tell you how ahead of the game you are to get this at this young, at this tender age. Tender age of (laughs) (laughs) I'm not at a tender age anymore. And I'm still looking at it like, I got a ways to go. Don't count me out yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, let's talk a little bit about that. Because you have this great campaign called 50 for for 50 or 50 of. I'm totally butchering it, of course. That's right. But um, tell us a little bit about that. Because that was really, really cool what you did there. Uh, Thank you. It was really exciting. Your haircut is still kind of the, the remnants of of that uh, campaign. Yes, yes. Which will, uh, well, I suppose there'll be a picture accompanying this. Um, (laughs) So people can gaze at my beautiful uh, skull shape. Dome. Yeah. So I am one of those people who worries, you know, talking about projecting yourself in the future, worries about like, well, you know, I need to start getting myself used to the idea that I'm going to be X number of years old way in advance. So I've been thinking about my 50th birthday for a long time. Not that I was like worried necessarily about being like old because I'm not an actor anymore. Who cares? Um, but uh, it's a big number and I felt like I had a market somehow, but I wasn't really sure how to do it. And I didn't really feel like doing any of the things I'd done for other previous big birthdays or even small birthdays. So um, after much discussion and reflection and, uh, frankly, an ex-boyfriend calling me a number of things, including a big selfish asshole, uh, I said, well, what if I you know, used my birthday, my big 50th birthday, as a way to give something back? And I, over the course of like two years to 18 months, concocted, like kind of put it together in pieces, this idea of raising a ton of money and attention, using all the things I'd learned about social media and marketing uh, for a worthy cause. And I knew this organization 
organization in in town here in LA called Right Girl, and they always need money. They're fantastic. They uh, mentor high school girls from underserved areas. And I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to raise $50,000 in the 50 days leading up to my 50th birthday for them. And, And if I did that, I told the world in a fabulous video, which you can still view on YouTube, um, <laughs> that I will shave my head at the culminating party slash fundraiser. And the amazing thing was, I think in the first 24 hours, we did $10,000. It was like, it blew my mind. Yeah. I was terrified. I was like, I was so sure. You know, I talked to a few friends and they're like, yeah, we'll be good for this much. And so I was like, okay, at least I'll get like $1,500. It won't be a complete embarrassment. <laughs> but you know, it, you, it, it could be very yeah. embarrassing. Uh, and it was overwhelming um, having that happen. And we ended up, we got a matching grant too. So we ended up raising $111,000. Wow. I know, in the 50 days. All which for was, charity. Yeah. Offer this one nonprofit, which enabled them to keep their doors open, and you know, also because of the buzz and the attention, you know, help them get some more money and grants and stuff like that. So they're doing well. They actually have a reserve this year, which is unbelievable. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Do they have a plaque up somewhere with your name on it? <laughs> oh, that'd be embarrassing. Um, no, but I do get to go. You know, like every once in a while, they'll have a workshop where there's something that ostensibly I know something about and can speak about. So, mm-hmm. like, I'll be on a panel or go visit them or talk to them, and it's really nice. It's so. I mean, it's always great being around them. Even before I did anything like this, I just go speak every now and then. But now knowing that, like, I had a hand in them being able to be there, like personally, it's just it's it's totally enough just to be there and see them. They're That's they're great. amazing women and girls. Yeah, I remember watching that campaign and watching it unfold and being like, whoa, I know. that's crazy. And the cool thing is, is it was completely selfless. I mean, it, it wasn't like you were pushing a film that you wanted to make or an album that you wanted to record or, or anything like that. It was, it was all just to kind of, you know, obviously mark a time in your life, but that was about as, as selfish as it got. I don't know. It's interesting you say that. I mean, I obviously they got a lot of money um, and I did not, but um, I honestly think I got more out of it than anyone, frankly. I mean, I, it definitely put you on my radar. That was I'll, about when I came to find to right. discover your work. That, I mean, that's part of it. I guess a lot of people saw me, but I have never felt so powerful or so good or so connected um, or so part of the world as I did doing that. It really, I mean, it was actually kind of terrifying because afterwards I'm like, well, now what? It really left a vacuum. It was so big. Hmm. Uh, so that was, that was part of it. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, the other reason, honestly, like, I'm not kidding that I w- a part of it was, I was going to prove that I was not a selfish asshole and that's kind of selfish. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, look at me, look at me. Exactly. I'm not selfish. See, look, I'm not, look what I did. I'm not selfish. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't call it completely selfless. Um, it was easier in a lot of ways for me. I have issues around money and it was easier for me to do it on behalf of someone else than mm-hmm. to say I'm worth it and support me in this. I mean, I'm still struggling with that sort of stuff. We're all on a journey, yeah, Trevor. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, but yes, I thank you. I appreciate it. It, I, I, it was not the most selfish thing I have ever done. Let's put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> right on, right on. Any um, major kind of big lessons that uh, that you care to share about that experience, in particular? Oh, there's so many things I learned. Um, one is to always, always start early. I mean, planning. Planning, planning, planning. There were things <laughs> right that happened. I was really lucky that just, uh, you know, I, I talk about having to let go. Um, I realized about two weeks in, it's like, wow, I'm completely unprepared to deal with this. And I had to like 
cancel all my work. And um, fortunately, I had a reserve of cash because um, I'm cheap and I don't like to spend money. So I, you know, I burned through a bunch of savings. Um, just just focusing on 50 for 50. Um, but asking for help is huge. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. You got to ask for help. Nobody does it alone. Um, and another weird thing, and I know I should have known this before because like, my God, I was really sick when I got sick 10 years ago. But you have to take care of the physical plant. Like you have to take time to take a walk. You have to eat right. You have to take care of yourself. Uh, and I know that like we're sort of physically obsessed here in LA and everyone wants to look really good. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about fitness. Like get the sleep you need. Get, you know, mm. do not overdo it on coffee. Yeah. Like just take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, so those were the, those were kind of like the big lessons. Uh, cause I, I definitely burned myself out on that one. And it's been a really slow, long, slow recovery from it. Wow. Wow. Well, it's definitely something to be, uh, to, if you're going to be burned out on anything, it's, yeah, it was worth it. It's definitely something to be worth it. <laughs> cool. All right, guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed part one of our chat with Colleen Wainwright. This first part is really about her journey and how she got to where she is today and, and um, you know, as you heard, why she kind of moved away from acting a little bit. And the second part really kind of kind of digs a little bit deeper. Um, this seems to be the format with our interviews lately. We kind of start at the beginning with how did you get to where you are? Because everybody's story is different. There's no magic formula to breaking into this. There's a system to success, but there's no magic formula to breaking into the industry and, and making it, so to speak. So we like to kind of get people's stories and find out where they're coming from and, and what they did to get to where they are. Because you never know who has a similar situation who's listening to this podcast who might uh, be able to relate. And then the second part of the podcast seems to go a little bit deeper into their work specifically. And that's usually where they share a lot of the golden nuggets. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this first part and got something out of it. And the second part just gets even better. Colleen's fantastic. And you can find more of her work online at uh, communicatrix.com. We'll also stick links to her social media profiles and, and the like uh, on the website as well. So, uh, pick of the week, AJ wanted to share his pick of the week via email here, uh, called, uh, let me see. It's, it's called notes from the universe. I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast before, and I, I didn't know what it was when he mentioned it today in this email, but, uh, I just did a Google search for it and, uh, it comes up under tut.com, T-U-T.com. And that stands for totally unique thoughts. And it looks like Notes from the Universe is like an email newsletter that you can sign up for. And I guess they send that out every day with inspirational thoughts and quotes. And it actually looks really, really cool. Uh, I'm probably going to sign up for it uh, right now, actually. I'll let AJ talk a little bit about this uh, more on uh, next week. So Notes from the Universe, uh, definitely worth checking out. TUT.com will have the uh, link on the website. And my pick of the week is uh, just a good old-fashioned kind of rock album. One of my favorite guitarists uh, in the world is Clint Lowry. Lowry. Lowry? Clint, I can't even say your name right. He's the guitarist for Seven Dust, and I think he's one of the reasons that band is so freaking awesome. Uh, and he went off and did a solo thing for a little while called Hello Demons Meet Skeletons, which was good, uh, but he actually just put out a record with uh, the drummer from Seven Dust, Morgan Rose. They're, they're like, I'm a total, I'm geeking out about these guys because I love them and I know all about their lives and I've researched everything about them. 
But he put out this record called Call Me No One, and um, it's just a good, solid rock record, man. And uh, the only way I can think to describe it is Foo Fighters meets Seven Dust. So if you're a fan of Foo Fighters, you'll like this album. If you're a fan of Seven Dust, it's a little bit lighter than typical Seven Dust fare, but it just it just rocks, man. So worth checking out. Call Me No One. The album is called Last Parade. You can find it on iTunes, Amazon MP3. Um, and uh, the website is just callmeno1.com. Really, really fantastic stuff. And, of course, we'll have the link on the site. So that does it for this uh, for this episode 74. I'm so sorry, guys, that this is awkward. It's really hard talking into a microphone by yourself and trying to keep a conversation going and not be afraid of long pauses like this. See how weird that is? See? Nobody wants to, to have that in a podcast. Anyway, uh, thanks for bearing with me. A lot of different ways you guys can contribute to and support the podcast. First and foremost, tell your friends. If you dig what we're doing here, word of the mouth, word of word of the mouth, word of the mouth. Word of mouth is the best uh, advertising there is. So um, find us online, of course, at InsideActingPodcast.com and uh, find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InsideActing and on Twitter at Twitter.com slash InsideActing. You can follow uh, both of us individually as, as well on Twitter if you'd like. I am uh, Twitter.com slash Trevor Algott. AJ is Twitter.com slash Digital Actor. And if you really dig uh, the podcast and you want to leave us a review on iTunes and or Actor Rated, that would be awesome as well. You know, open up iTunes and search for Inside Acting. Leave us a review there if you'd like. Uh, And you can also leave us a review on ActorRated.com. No link on the website for that yet. I'll get on that. Just hop over to ActorRated.com, do a search, and uh, any sort of feedback you can leave us there that's that's good (laughs) would be great. We always like to say that if you don't like something we're doing, Email us first, that's insideactingpodcast at gmail.com, uh, or call us, 213-2-ACTORS, 213-222-8677, and let us know what uh, you would like us to be doing more of or doing less of. Let us know, let us fix it, and then go leave us an awesome review. That'd be great. All those different ways you can support the podcast, and of course, if you just love, love, love the podcast and what we do and get a lot of value out of it, which we certainly hope you do, this podcast is listener supported. It is 100% listener supported at the moment. So every penny uh, that it takes to run this podcast comes from our listeners. Without listener support, this podcast would not happen. So two ways you can support the podcast financially. Head over to our website, click on the donate button on the right hand side. It's newly redesigned. And you can donate either in a one time kind of lump sum. You know, one penny is fine if that's all you can afford. is great, $10, $20, $50, that'd be awesome, you know, however much you can afford to support the podcast if you get value out of it, or you can become a patron, and a patron is the word we use to describe people that are are supporting the podcast on a recurring monthly basis with a $3, $5, $10, or $20 subscription, and we break that down as, uh, I think, bagel, coffee, lunch, and dinner, so if you dig what we do and you want to buy us dinner, head over and, uh, you know, donate $20 a month. If you dig what we do and you're thinking a bagel is is a little bit more fitting, donate $3 a month. In any case, if you're a patron, you commit to supporting the podcast on a monthly basis. And of course, we keep our commitment to putting content out on a regular basis. And uh, we also feature you on our patron page. There's, oh God, I'm just remembering now all the things that I didn't talk about earlier that I wanted to. 
We'll get to it in another episode. I'm going to end this awfulness uh, before it goes any longer. Thanks for listening, guys. For episode 74, my name is Trevor Algod. I don't have an in the meantime because that's AJ's thing. So uh, make it a great one. See you guys next week. <laughs>